a better future podcast building a better future one change at a time hi <laughs> welcome to another episode of a better future well yeah. part two of oh yep yeah, it's part two uh my name's corin goodall and i'm the realist i'm sasha laws and i'm the campaigner and jason like the professional so as Jay just said, this is the second part to our mindfulness episode, but this one is more about a work-life balance, uh, something that I'm still trying to get right. Again, not an expert. <laughs> I don't think anyone is, are they? <laughs> <laughs> no, if you are, no, tell but, us your secrets. No, but everyone has to, to deal with that fine balance. A Better Future podcast, moment of the week. Who wants to go first and tell us your sort of... I know we, we called it moment of the week in the first ever episode, but it's kind of moment since the last episode. So what's your first or your best moment, sorry? Well, you, you, I think you want to talk about Wales, don't you? Well, yeah, that's my um, I, I think I've don't got a few... Wales, I think yeah. I've got a few moments <laughs> a week. I mean, or moments of the... the since the last one. Really <laughs> yeah, catchy title. It's a really catchy um, one. <laughs> I mean, related to Wales, I mean, obviously Wales was amazing, mm-hmm. but um, with one of the previous episodes, we talked about Nat's electric van, uh-huh. and we went further than we've ever been <laughs> in it and drove all the way to Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, had a bit, I had a bit of range anxiety. Nat was really chilled because she's quite used to it, mm-hmm. but we used eight different charges along the way, charged at someone's house, mm-hmm. charged at the cottage. Um absolutely fine you had a better route on the way home didn't you oh yeah on the on the way home basically nat reined in my range anxiety <laughs> and we just shot home in a well it was a third quicker mm-hmm. than really? it was on the way there because <laughs> nat just went no no we can we can do this stop being a wuss and yeah. um we got back we we did have one cool thing though where we text in to um the radio and ricky from the Kaiser Chiefs read out Nat's thing and played the song that we had as a, at our wedding. Oh, that was really, which I was really cool. Oh, really so, cool. but and it was quite. It'd been a long day, and and he kind of read that out and stuff. So, that's which cool. is quite cool. So, I might even edit that in because we recorded it. Oh, yeah, yeah, put it on the do, thing yeah. as a as a laugh at the <laughs> yeah, end. Cool. But we were very very excited for that. So that was cool. Yeah, and it got you there, and it got you back, and you know it was brilliant, wasn't it? You know? Oh yeah, I mean we, you know, I think we spent about. 12 quid or something on charges mm-hmm. wow. um, okay. to get to Wales and back mm-hmm. so which is pretty cool um, and you know and then there's the cloud of smug as you're driving along in a lecture van <laughs> the cloud of smug <laughs> we didn't see too many out there no. we saw a thousand of your doblos yeah they are uh, I just fit in in Wales with my doblo <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, um, we- I'm Wales ready as I call it but so. yeah there's so yeah a couple there's a couple of things that have been quite nice since the last one um the I managed to get some funding from through work for some air quality from the government, which That's was really good. It's good quite news. exciting. There was a lot of people kind of worked on this bid, and we haven't managed to get any money for from Defra for a long time. So that was quite cool. So we can do some. Got a really good project we're going to try and do, which is nice. Um, and me and a friend put someone forward to become a fellow of our institute, and it all went through, and he got offered to be a fellow which was really nice i don't really know what fellow means it just means he's a a kind of um sort of leading expert kind of 
Awesome. getting the recognition for it yeah cool. i mean he's like really really cool guy been doing environmental stuff for decades mm-hmm. and is really open and kind of runs all sorts of networking groups and helps so many people so awesome. it was really nice it was quite a nice moment when i i sort of asked him in the pub if he would be happy but i was going to do it anyway but mm-hmm. i kind of felt i should have asked mm-hmm. and he, he seemed quite touched by that which oh. was nice and yeah. um so yeah, he got accepted last month. Yeah, so Very that cool. was really cool. So I haven't seen him since. So I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. to having the beer that he said he'd buy me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was nice. Cool. You're, you're yeah, yeah. Mine was going to Wales. I just absolutely love it. It's my second proper time. I went to Cardiff once uh, on a Hindu. Not quite the Wales that I love, but uh, yeah, I was in Pembrokeshire on the beach with the dogs. And the peacefulness there is something I wanted to mention about how you don't realise the car noise and all the other noises that you're about on the day-to-day basis and how you called it um, the stimulation, you know, there's always that level of something going on. And when you're in Wales, you can be in the middle of nowhere and there is actually nothing apart from the birds and just it's so lovely. I really love that. And as we're talking mindfulness, I thought I'd have that as my moment of the... Mm. episode yeah, yeah. i've been to wales a couple of times and it's it's absolutely beautiful mm. i am trying to move there it's a long shot <laughs> what's your moment then sash um so um my one was last month um and one of the reasons why we haven't done a podcast so long because i was ramping up to quite a big event at the house of commons um so my charity um partnered with a sort of a government organised charity um, and we held an event on on plastics and the UK's role in it um, and we managed to get David Attenborough there but the bit that was my was the moment for me is the fact that um, David Attenborough gave the credit to my CEO Joe Ruxton for the plastic movement because he said without her documentary A Plastic Ocean he wouldn't have suggested that the you know the, the issue of plastic was worked into um, Blue Bird too, and I just know that she's worked so hard. You know, she took quite a few years to make the film. She's been, you know, in the plastic space for ten years, and um, yeah, it must those, have meant a lot to it, her. It meant a hell of a lot to her. Did and, you get? Did she uh, get teary? Well, she actually had to get up um, on the stage and and do her talk, and <laughs> she was like, "How am I to follow that?" <laughs> um, but for me, I work closely with her, um, and um, like you know, I know how amazing she is. So it was one of those situations where you get you get the good goosebumps. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that 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 was a great moment. Yeah, and it's a, I mean the impact of that sort of movement and things at the moment's huge. I mean, I, I've I've been to quite a few conferences and stuff where we're trying to discuss our response to Gove's a thousand waste consultations mm-hmm. that he's got out at the yes, moment. Um, you know, there's, you know, I, I went to an event during March on the environment bill and the, I was by far the most junior person in the room. There was leading experts and CEOs from all sorts of organizations in the UK. It was, it was incredible. Everyone in the room talking about environmental issues and things and, and Gove came in and, and did a keynote speech and things. And we were all kind of trying to come up with what, the future should be and how we can kind of come up with a, a plan which is 
which is great mm-hmm. to have those discussions. It's a big challenge. Um, you know, <laughs> it's great it... that you're all doing that, and that's your moments of the week. And uh, mine was, oh, I like being in Wales where it's quiet and the birds tweet. <laughs> it's probably more important you know we've, we've just talked in the last episode about kind of looking after ourselves exactly so i needed to help others exactly so. so work life balance who's got it none <laughs> <laughs> I was, I think, you know what is it good for <laughs> oh no no, no, I've not mastered it either. But I am constantly trying to get it because it's important. Yeah. I mean, I have moments where, um, or f- f- um, phases mm-hmm. where I think I've got it down. Yeah. And then a big project comes along or, you know, that overwhelming feeling and, you know, off it off it goes again, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even, you know, it's, it, it, the, way, the way that you're eating, like, I'm not making mm-hmm. myself lunches. I'm not, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, food's a big part of it. Yeah, but you just notice one by one they sort of go. So mm. maybe like my yoga, meditation, yeah, food, and then um, and then it's sort of like yeah, stepping back and reassessing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I constantly need to do that. Um, I don't know if you know this, but me and my husband run our own business together. So we ha- and our office is at our home, apart from the field, which isn't, <laughs> but. It's very muddled, our life. It is a marriage, a friendship. It's a business relationship. It's everything. And trying to put some barriers in certain places is is a must because otherwise we end up talking work on a Saturday evening at nine o'clock at night. And it's, we kind of, we have for our because it's our passion as well mm. but sometimes you do need to turn those passions down and talk about the other things like that we do we haven't always worked together and we had other things that we love and sometimes they get trumped by work and yeah yeah i've, I've seen that when we've had like you know family gatherings mm-hmm. or whatever and one of you said you know this is this is work yeah and you've got to park it yeah um, yeah but yeah it must be really difficult to switch from you know your work in life to your personal life yeah it's something that we're constantly reviewing it's not like I said, I've not mastered it yet, and I don't think it will probably ever be mastered, but what it will be is at a place where I don't feel overwhelmed by it anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, okay, we can talk about it now. I know it's out of hours, but we, I feel okay about it, and then we can, like you say, park it and come back to that tomorrow. Yeah, and it's difficult when you're doing something, you know, if you're working in an area about something you're really passionate mm-hmm. about as well, it's really hard to mm-hmm. to switch off. And I know I I can kind of lose sense of other things going on and I, mm-hmm. I just completely forget other things I'm supposed to be doing because my head's just up in the clouds thinking about all sorts of different projects and different things I could be doing or mm-hmm. trying to kind of make a difference but and then I completely forget that I'm, I've arranged to see someone or <laughs> mm-hmm. so it can kind of you know you can really lose touch with that which is a shame yeah, so. yeah. I, I particularly notice it myself because I've had a job previously where I worked in um you know in in a finance role for you know a large company um and I thought I knew what busy was and stress but I still managed to be able to keep my personal life together Mm -hmm. as you know remembering who I'm meeting and all this sort of stuff but now moving into a different space where 
Um, it's not something I've been trained in. Um, and you have so many different things to run an organisation, like run, run a charity. And your passion for this. Yeah, as well. and, I'm, and I'm passionate about it. That, um, yeah, I've, like, I have started to forget meeting people or not bothering even to make the arrangements in the first place. And I think, yeah, it's quite safe to say the last six months I've been, uh, yeah, just stressed the whole time. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that you feel a bit guilty about because I've, I've, I've changed my job. Um, and to, to do something I'm passionate about and I do love my job I definitely you know looking at the clock is something that I don't do anymore mm-hmm. but at the same time it's still hard work and it's still stressful mm-hmm. so I have to find ways to de-stress um, and change my perceptions of what's happening and I think that's what I'm working on at the moment so currently I'm recovering from a routine operation where I'm signed off work and I'm using that time you've been forced to, to not work forced forced to not work but um <laughs> To, to sort of rewire my brain and how I'm how I'm looking at things because you know that they say if you can't change the situation then you have to change your um, perception of the situation um, but I think there's things that you can do um, to help yourself mm-hmm. and you know that we're going to talk about yeah, today that's with, it. The, with the with the interview yeah, yeah which well, is something that I mean I kind of said a minute ago I'm I'm really forgetful about mm-hmm. stuff. I, I remember uh, my long-term memory is great, but my short-term memory is terrible sometimes. And I'm really bad at planning. I'm I'm quite a sort of relaxed person, and I kind of just just kind of go, yeah, no, I get there. <laughs> kind of, you know, I can do that. I can find my way there. And my wife's the complete opposite, and it drives her mad. She really it. Not mad. It kind of really stresses her, mm-hmm. um, and she doesn't need that. So, um, I a couple of years, well, a year and a half ago, kind of tried to find a way to be a bit more organised, and maybe start to think about other aspects of my life, and and just stumbled across this kind of diary mindfulness planner thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a, a kind of year of that, and then got a new one this year, um, and I just thought whilst we're kind of talking about mindfulness it might be interesting to kind of have a chat with one of the creators of it um and find out about where it kind of came from what kind of impact it's had and things like that so and that's the interview with Matthew let's hear it my name's Matthew Bennett um I'm one of the founders of Trig um we're a little company we have one product called the Trig Life Mapper um, and I make it with a business partner, Bree Hutchley. Um, and we got into it um, because I, I'm a prolific list maker yeah. and I've always had a pad and I've always understood the value of writing things down and lots of deep journaling. Um, I was a journalist for 10 years and often when I didn't know uh, an answer or a, a way of ordering my, my consciousness, I would write and write and write and write and write. On paper, and yeah, the answer would always kind of emerge at some point. Um, and then, uh, the rest of it was kind of a combination of a really big brand, um, who commissioned me, um, to read every single mindfulness at work, uh, oh, productivity book, yeah, um, in a very short period of time to produce an internal, um, kind of, kind of like a trig diary, but for, for a brand that was very involved in music, yeah, um, and then. Uh, the other kind of missing piece was me and Bree went to the Burning Man Festival in the, in America, wow. which is a cashless 
um, kind of very free festival where you are not allowed to spend any money and it's a kind of barter economy where you, well, it's more of a gifting economy actually, where you create lovely acts of generosity for people um, and in return everything else at the festival is free. So all the food's free, all the drinks are free and, and everyone basically has to turn up with a with a the lovely gesture for everyone else and um our lovely wow, I did, I, and that's that's i didn't know that i've known about burning man festival for a very long time and i didn't know about that that's really interesting yeah i can't spend a dollar there literally not really wow yeah so for seven days you're in a cashless um utopia of gifting yeah um which is remarkable and everyone should really go in and experience that yeah um we decided to take to burning man uh, for our gifting a contribution uh, we designed a terribly english terribly fastidious slightly farcical time traveling post office where we <laughs> would write various types of post and letters postcards um letters to your future self letters to your past self um recycling proficiency licenses and it was a very fun kind of theater show that yeah. we uh, would uh, set up in various areas of the desert and just pretend it was totally normal to be writing letters on behalf of people. We had loads of typewriters and there was about uh, 20 of us all in uniforms. And we obviously <laughs> had to make a vast amount of stationery and themed kind of um, templates and stuff for this. And me and Bree just, Bree's a stationery designer and I'm a writer and the whole thing just flew together in, in a matter of days um, and was very successful. And so we, I was walking around with all this mindfulness in my head, having worked for this brand. Yeah. Um, I'd also put a magazine out for 10 years and wasn't scared of publishing things at all. Mm. Um, and I said to Bree, do you want to start a slightly crazy, unusual diary that um, doesn't exist in the world yet? And Bree was like, yeah, of course. So we started... Um, designing up some templates we did a lot of consultation with the mindfulness community we reached out on into social media and connected with a lot of very generous uh, figureheads in in the scenes of you know working better mindfulness at work um uh gratitude kind of gurus and we took all of their um their kind of learnings and made some prototypes which we printed up and tested and sent it out to them and then we did a lot of google forms i don't know whether anybody's very familiar with google forms but they're yeah. an amazing way of creating questionnaires in seconds yeah, yeah and we 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 tested it over about three versions and um, with increasingly more and more people until we'd honed down the, the format that that you use yourself and um and then once we were happy with the form we uh did a kickstarter which felt kind of crazy gargantuan task running yeah, into it. Yeah. I remember standing at Glastonbury looking down the barrel of this Kickstarter that we were going to do in September thinking like, how on earth are we going to get this thing into life? Um, and then in the end of Kickstarter, it was like a joyous and very intense kind of an adrenaline-fueled two weeks of of just shouting about it um, and watching people connect with it and watching it gather pace. And we got about 130% of our funding um, through wow. people that wanted essentially a trick. Um, yeah. And so it was just a very simple way of doing pre-orders and getting a lot of attention. Um, and that was three years ago. And now we're, yeah, we're kind of in our third year of print and thinking about what will change in the fourth year. Yeah, yeah. No, it's incredible. I mean, I I, um, I kind of stumbled across it, really. I, I 
very disorganized person and um i get caught up in work quite easily and um because i work in the environment sector and i'm very passionate about what right. i do and i cover every every aspect of environment for a local authority i'm in charge of so i i you know i can get really stuck on that and mm. um not really pick up the some of the important things in life and yeah i had a kind of difficult kind of christmas where i was kind of it was obvious i wasn't really taking a lot of my personal life and relationship and stuff seriously and i was and i was i'm just inherently disorganized so right. i um i kind of googled and stumbled across an article kind of talking about this diary and i kind of thought just try it out and see how it goes and i i sort of bought myself a copy kind of my main goal that i set myself was just to try and use it for a year because i've tried to use diaries before mm. um and just kind of lost interest haven't really bought into it um i'm a bit of a gadget person so um it it's quite alien to me to have a kind of paper diary something mm. my wife uses all the time but um and i was i was really shocked it, it really made me reflect on things and got quite into it i i ended up i bought uh, bought a, another copy from one of my sisters and i spent quite a while trying to sort of sort of show other people and things which has quite been quite nice so yeah i think with with trig it's if, if you use it and you get momentum with it it seems to have profound results but um i think if you're transitioning from digital back to analog and you don't use diaries much it it, it can be both overwhelming in in how provocative it tries to be yeah and also it's just as a behavior pattern if you're not used to writing things down then you just fall back into using your phone too much which is you know it's designed to be the antidote to the phone but sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to make the break yeah and it's uh, i mean i found i mean everything's kind of moving digital um we uh, work everyone's been given a laptop and we kind of go into these meetings and there's 10 people with laptops open trying not to check their emails while they're having a meeting and it's actually um being sort of you can physically be somewhere but not actually be there mentally um and i've i've it's one of the big things i've kind of found is i, I take my diary with me everywhere i think the first mm. thing people kind of seem quite surprised that i have a paper diary given everyone knows i'm quite a gadget geek um mm. and it starts a bit of a conversation but it it means that i'm present mentally i'm not um constantly distracted by other things which has made quite a big difference i think um yeah but the the and i'm I'm not brilliant at filling in the goals and kind of reflecting on stuff every time when it comes around but it's it's there it's kind of that little nudge to, to sort of make me kind of think oh am i still taking this seriously am i still looking at some of the the issues and some of the things i'm not great at in my in my life and still trying to deal with them or if I let it slip. Um, yeah, it's just, even just noticing it, it kind of makes you think about it a bit. Well, this is the whole um, essence of, of mindfulness and reflection. Even if you do it once, you're still ahead of where you were. So yeah. it's kind of a scalable uh, philosophy or scalable endeavor that if you connect with it in a meaningful way once and you get a result it's just it's, things are already improving and um i think you can't be too hard on yourself um with the lives that we lead and the amount of data we have to process and so triggs we designed it just to be a kind of sacred space that's there if you need it um or 
for some people there it's every day yeah and it's i i mean you can see the different i mean i i, I didn't see version one or any of the the sort of earlier versions but even the kind of newer version it's there's is more space there to to sort of write notes and reflect and things mm-hmm. so you can see how you're kind of it's organically changing as it kind of moves along um yeah it's it's because it started as a kind of crowdsourced thing in in every sense of the word like we, we asked for people's input and then they paid to help get the print run done and we're very keen that every year we we feed back to our um to the audience and to the users an opportunity to input into next year and so we every year we do quite an involved google form um questionnaire that we we pour over and and try and and pick up the trends of what how people are using it and you know we got a really really good response last year i think something about 60 67 or something percent people of, of where we sent it to uh, opened it um and out of that you know we had hundreds and hundreds of people fill in the whole questionnaire um and so when we can see people taking it that seriously it kind of really spurs us on and it's yeah, fascinating yeah. to see and also read um all of the ways it's helped you know we're quite quite keen to know how it's helped people and it that hearing the stories of people um how it's changed their lives in small or big ways it really spurs us on um so without kind of yeah i guess you can't really go into details but what kind of things have you had feedback to you then have you had any sort of really interesting stories well there's one there's one girl that emailed um before christmas who i think she's kind of a a mid-teen girl yeah Uh, she's 16 i think she said that her mum bought it for uh two years ago and she was buying her first one herself in the third year and she just wanted to check that we're always going to make it because it's changed her life so much and she was worried that we were going to stop (laughs) (laughs) um um but i mean it's all it's generally split across those four areas of we we focus on passions relationships self and work um yeah. and so it's a variation on those and we also design those umbrellas to be quite wide so we, we're not dictating to people what they should be doing but rather um applying kind of umbrellas that people can can shelter their thoughts uh under um so yeah it's, it's more more about relationships um there's a friend a friend of a friend got one um and she'd had a terrible relationship with her family and she didn't speak to any of them anymore yeah and she used the relationship guidance and trick to reconnect with her with her family and she she sent us an email saying you know she hadn't um it was a mutual friend of the person that was between us that bought it for her and sent it it kind of almost into the into the silence um, yeah. and then you know a few months later she she came back and we met with all the family so it's just oh wow reading things like that you're like wow um, yeah yeah so it's, it's kind really of it's a, it's a kind of guiding hand it kind of helps just be there so you can reflect and check you're still on track for those things and um yeah oh that's that's incredible yeah. isn't it and then there's quite a lot of I think the, the, the what we call the big picture section down the front, where we we kind of quite provocatively ask people where where they see themselves in five five years, ten years. Um, I, you know, describe a few words. I use a few words to describe how you you'd like to s- describe the end of your life. Um, so quite quite big questions, and quite a lot of the feedbacks about that about how people generally wouldn't think beyond their next kind of holiday. Yeah, almost, yeah. Um, and how suddenly 
having some five-year plan that sounds like this massively Marxist (laughs) 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 like plan is um, just something that people don't even think about. And when they do, where do you visualize yourself in your career in five years? I think that's something that everybody should be, not everybody gets a work review. And this is one of the reasons why I started it is I've always worked for really wonky left center arts organizations yeah um and i've never had a boss i've never had any feedback i never had any review sessions never had um any criticism and and so for me starting to do an annual review um about what i think went well and what i think didn't go so well was really really crucial to my personal development and then Mm. of course once you do one annual review then straight away you're kind of thinking about what you want to change then you start doing an annual forecast and that was something I was doing for years before I started Trig. That was something that I'd seen as part of the productivity movement um, yeah. in America. And that that was kind of the big structure that, that I was doing anyway, that, that that all the thoughts of Trig kind of hung around and became a, a, a more of a you know, physical thing. Um, and, yeah, I think if you don't have a really great HR department at work, which I probably, most people most probably people don't, <laughs> yeah. um, then trying to figure out and, and self-mentoring about where you want to see yourself in five years can dramatically change your life if, if, if you contemplate it and, and try and deliver on your thoughts because otherwise you just float through. Yeah. I, I floated through 10 years of, of running a magazine. I didn't need anything else. I just every month had to put out a magazine and that was, that was my structure. But after about 10 years, I was like, you know, what's next? And I hadn't even thought about it because I was so preoccupied with having to publish such a huge amount of words and pictures that is you know i was like hold on i i need to be navigating here not yeah this magazine's driving me now um and so yeah it was kind of a kind of a professional awakening really was part of the my journey do you think that's a modern problem do you think where we are bombarded with so much information there's this you can put so much pressure on yourself is it do you think it feels to me like it's a it's a growing thing that people are starting to wake up and realize that actually they need to kind of find a way to look after themselves a bit more i think so yeah i think we i think a few years ago when we started this i think there was there was so very little awareness about the you know phone addiction and insomnia due to screens and i think which is from this point upwards it's people are going to be on their phones more but they're more aware and yeah. there are lots of people at work who you know nowhere near as engaged in these topics i am they don't have their phones in their bedrooms and you know the, the culture's changing um but i think there's still a lot of unconscious behavior with with the phones and and with um social media and and being aware i think looking at everybody's life on this being so heavily framed on social media and there's a huge pressure and millennial anxiety about not being good enough or not being able to keep up. And I think triggers more a place for you to reflect on what you need to do for yourself rather than staring into the internet and freaking out that everybody's doing better than you. Yeah. Um, so that it's a very different space, but it's, it's a reaction to just not having to do to counteract the anxiety that you're falling behind but when you're not it's just everybody's got these little theater shows with photographs yeah. on the internet and they're it's terrible it's absolutely terrible and everybody that i know under the age of 30 they're all they've all got anxiety i mean i'm 40 so i don't know that many people under the age of 30 <laughs> but the few dozen of them that i do they all seem very very anxious and yeah. openly talk about their anxiety and um 
I didn't I didn't grow up with smartphones. I, I don't have that, thankfully. But yeah, it's a big problem. No, we, I mean I we were talking about that the other day, saying um, we were, we were chatting. Well, actually, yesterday we were chatting about when Facebook started, and I, I remember I was at a bowling alley with some friends. Um, and we were chatting about this new website and mm. how you could share all this stuff. And it was, you know, post-uni, um, we'd managed to get through all that part of our lives without having to yeah. deal with that kind of stronger social media. Um, and we were quite, we were all collectively relieved by that um, and sort of wondering how difficult that must be for young people. Because, um, you know, you could, you can upset someone or you could, you could get you know a bit bullied at school and it's it's kind of there it's disappeared as you get older maybe but if you're if it's on social media and it grows and oh it's just there with you forever um Mm -hmm. and it's it's bad enough people you know carry that with them anyway sometimes let alone with that on top of it it's just Mm -hmm. it is quite frightening really but um yeah having ways to to try and cope with that and deal with that. And as you say, five years feels like a long time, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of mid thirties and I look back five years and that's not that long ago. <laughs> um, yeah. and you know, you do think, Oh, did I really, you know, if I'd have thought about this, would I be where I am now? Um, do I, you know, do I need to really plan and, and have, have some idea, you know, you never, you never perfectly go in the direction you're aiming to, but, Maybe if you um, have a bit more of a sense of where you want to be, you can at least try and head towards that. You've got a fighting chance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I'm definitely someone who's just sort of floated through life, um, avoiding problems and sort of have been very lucky to kind of get where I am. So it's, um, yeah, anything to kind of push that along is great. Um, yeah. So... Uh, what sort of plans have you got in future? Have you got anything kind of lined up? And obviously there's, there's next year's diary. Do you have any other kind of interesting offshoots? Well, we, we want to do a smaller perpetual version, a dateless version that can go in the handbag. Uh, we've got a, got a, a female um, bias in our um, users. Um, yeah. There's a lot more women than men, which is interesting. Um, but they are, there's a lot, a lot of feedback that we need, want to debulk the product a little bit, make it yeah. smaller. Um, and that might be a, a dateless thing. And then we'd love to do um, like the kind of project versions. So like, you know, if you're having a family or you're emigrating or you're moving house or you want a new career, yeah. then designing um, bespoke little kind of three month sprint versions of Trig. Um, and I'd love to, some people say that they just want to do the kind of annual forecast and annual review section where they set out their year and at the end of the year or halfway through the check-in and then at the end of the year write down everything that went well and everything that didn't go so well. Um, yeah. A standalone version of that, okay. um, which is ironic because that's what I have on my shelf at home that I needed uh, to blend with a daily diary. Yeah, um, yeah. But if there's a market there, then we will definitely look at it. yeah. Do you think there might be a shift to sort of balance that out? Do you think the, the the kind of male population are maybe starting to come on board with these problems? I mean, the the sort of uh, mental health around uh, among men it seems to be of growing concern nationally, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think definitely it's all trends that are kind of pointing in the right direction, but the, the numbers aren't there yet. But I think the data is slightly obscured because I think the, I think women might buy 
tricks for their men. Yeah. Um, and we don't know who's actually using them in the end, but we just know that more, way more women than men buy them. So yeah. it's either women hoping that men would be more mindful of their, like their actions and their being more present in the moment and plan their lives a little bit more efficiently or carefully, or, um, or it's just women are more drawn to it. And we don't know. We, we might add that into one of our questionnaires, actually. That would help separate the data. Yeah. No, that was just fascinating, really. I mean, I say I've bought a couple copies of last year's one and gave one to a woman, so I did the opposite. But um, I know sort of me and my wife, every now and then, um, well, probably every couple of weeks, we go to the pub and take our diaries with us and kind of run through what's kind of going on and try and plan things out. Because I think historically I've kind of... um, not made decisions to do things because I've kind of gone, oh, well, I'm not sure if my wife's busy or wh- whether we're doing anything then. And I've kind of always kind of left her to pick up that burden. Um, and we are both very busy. I mean, she's got several jobs as part of her business. And, you know, I've got right. all sorts of things I get involved in and evening meetings and things. So it's um, it's good to do that. And we kind of, you know, sit in the pub, have a beer, kind of plan out the next couple of weeks it's quite nice that's great that's funny because we actually got contacted by a, a chinese female business network who um did the same thing they all had that they all bought trigs and they all just became organically just big fans and big users yeah and they would have trig days where they'd all meet up and swap notes and kind of ritualize their their use of the diary a little bit yeah. really. um and they wanted us to to kind of do a deal with their network. They have 500 female business owners that wow. were part of their crew. And they wanted to, they wanted to make it pink, and they wanted to <laughs> us to uh, do some sort of crazy business deal with them, which we're still working through. But yeah, it's it's funny that, you, that you're doing that with your wife as well. Yeah, and I'm just talking about it. It's kind of, I mean, I have a monthly networking group that I go to for all the environmental professionals in my area. Um, and we go to the pub and it's kind of like a self-help group because quite often if you're the environmental manager, you're the only environmentalist in your organisation. So it's nice having a, a sort of peer-to-peer support. And um, I'm just thinking to myself, oh, maybe we should have a whole mindfulness thing and, and, and help each other plan for the future and really spur each other on. Because, you know, at Christmas we all had a bit of a reflection. We went to the local German beer market and had a chat about you know, where we wanted to be and what we, what we'd achieved over the last year and what we wanted to kind mm. of do, but, um, kind of pushing that a bit more and really helping each other. That sounds like a great idea. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, great. Good stuff. Okay. Um, well, I'm mindful I've taken a bit more of your time than I sort of intended to. Um, that's, that's but right. it's, talking. it's been really good to, to speak to you about that and it's really well it's really nice there's loads of things I'm, I'm going to pick up and have a look into great interview Jay nice one oh, I hope it's interesting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well he mentioned there about how it started about how he used to make a lot of lists and I certainly am a list maker. I've got lists of lists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess you can have too many lists, can't you? I mean, yeah. Well, it's one thing I quite like about the diary because it, it, it kind of invites you to list things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it Not puts it on a frame of what's urgent and mm-hmm. what isn't. And it, it tries to invite you to maybe delegate things. 
Does that, any, which is key, isn't it? Does anyone else do this? Um, you've already done a job, but it wasn't on your list, so you write it on the list. So you can cross it out. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you can tick it off and just get that little uh, little dopamine hit for being a good person. I did my job. <laughs> well, you need to, I mean, you know, the it's good to be able to reflect back, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. one good thing about writing stuff down. You can kind of look back and go, actually, I have done loads I've of stuff. I've done a lot, yeah. Because you can fill a lot of time... Mm-hmm with doing lots of little things and then you feel like you've done nothing mm-hmm. so there's there's some i've got an you know. online it's well it's not an online i've got an app now so it is a list app but i can tick them off and move them down oh, so i can okay. move jobs it so you write a list and the, the most important one could be halfway down and you kind of forget about it but with this you can move it to the top and those types of things so i do still find this helpful but like you said that's involved in the diary there but it's also got the other stuff in there about you know your personal life yeah, yeah the annual like forecast that. bit which mm. I'm, i think i'm quite keen on looking at because you know and, and maybe it doesn't need to be through through the diary um because i've, I've got my own mm. but you know that whole you know assessment of the year and the fact that it breaks it into you know work passion relationships Mm-hmm. Um, looks at your whole entire life, which mm-hmm. I thought was quite an interesting. Mm-hmm. Point. Yeah, and that's I think that's where we've talked a bit about um, planning stuff around work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you might have those structures in place already mm-hmm. through your appraisal and things, mm-hmm. but um, you, you know, having that kind of approach to yourself and yeah. your relationships mm-hmm. and what you're kind of passionate about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something where you know, even this podcast. I remember writing in last year's diary going in my passion kind of plan of try and get the podcast up that mm-hmm. we've been talking oh, about okay. for ages as a kind of, go. you know, something to try yeah. and do, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the past, I, I've, it would just floated on forever. Mm-hmm. And I would have been like, oh, yeah, I kind of get to that. Yeah, you might have ideas um, or really want to do something, mm-hmm. but actually you haven't put it into a plan, so it might not happen. Yeah, or or it could you know or you you can't remember how long so you knew when you wrote that in there how long it was until it got up and running. Whereas if you just think think about it and you haven't written it down anywhere, then you might not know how long it really got you to get going and and get your passion off to a good start. Yeah, hopefully a good start. I think I'm kind of I don't my brain doesn't work very linear as well. So sometimes I kind of different things pop up. And they're all related. And unless I write them down and then put them in the right order, they kind mm-hmm. of they're a bit sporadic. So kind of writing these things down and going, Yeah, I wanna do that and I wanna do that, I wanna do that and then suddenly you realise they're all interrelated. So it's just a different approach to it. Yeah. And there was another point that he made about um planning ahead. Or like he so he said he said the, the, the phrase that I hate, looking in five years time. Now, yeah. there's with the reason like I just don't want to think, think plan for five years because I used to be like that. Not not a really structured plan, but I decided I want to be an accountant from quite a young age. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up getting there, and it wasn't something that I wanted to to continue. So for me now, I think I look, I take a step back and go, maybe you don't have to have these set goals because you don't oh, know where no. life's going to go. But at the same time, I think it's still looking at you know in a year's time where what what are the types of things I'd like to do mm-hmm. or what would I like to achieve yeah. um, and you know he, he said about like floating through life and I think a lot of people can feel like that so mm-hmm. if you you know you don't have to go oh, where do I want to be in five years um, but 
just having that forward look on things, I think it can be quite helpful. Yeah. I have a similar thing about routines, about how I know that routines make people less stressed and more organised and all that type of thing. But just the word routine, it makes me feel trapped. It makes me feel, um, for want of a better word, a bit boring and a bit like tied down to something that I've created for myself. But I think there are there is definitely a place for routine. I think it should be flexible if you need it to be. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, me and Sasha. Um, you know, if I want to have a cleaning day, it, it but something else comes up, it's no big deal. I'm not going to be like I can't go because it's my cleaning day. That that makes me feel stressed thinking that I couldn't do that. <laughs> so I think there's nothing wrong with routines. The the problem is is how I look at it and I just need to change my way of how I yeah. do it. I think as well if you can I mean, you could change the word for, or make it making time for something yeah you know rather than saying this is what I have to do mm-hmm. it's like well I've made time for me at the moment like I mentioned in my previous podcast about you know a routine of doing yoga before mm-hmm. I go to work mm-hmm. for me that's a really positive thing mm-hmm. it's not like tied down but that but, but the r- word routine there works well with that because yeah, it is something you want to do every yeah. day whereas a lot of routines are tied in with things that you don't really want to do but you've got to do <laughs> yeah, okay. and I guess that's where I'm like oh I don't want to make a routine okay. <laughs> a bit of a yeah it's got yeah that's it but it's still something that I do see benefit in and I am trying to work in some areas yeah but I think with goals I always see a goal as you kind of set something that's kind of that you're aiming for but you will as long as you're roughly heading in the right direction you know some things go well some things go bad you kind of you just meander your way towards it really that's just how life works today has led me perfectly on to my new book called An Edited Life and it's by Anna Newton and Steve got it for me and if I take absolutely nothing away from this book apart from the word edit that is going to be so beneficial to me because you can feel overwhelmed and think oh my god I've got so much to do at work I've got so much to do I need to sort my life out Personal admin. and then that feels like such a big job that you can't do any of it whereas if you go right I need to make an edit in my personal life today, I've been thinking that room's a bit of a mess. I'm going to start editing it. An edit could be you've just sorted out that one drawer at the bottom there. Win. Or if you keep going and you did the four drawers that are all there, you know, and it, that has just been so good for me. And I actually have enjoyed popping that into my diary on a Tuesday. I do, and I've called it little life edit. <laughs> and I don't put in there what I'm going to do. It's how I feel that day. If I think, right, actually, yeah, I kind of do feel like getting a, sorting out my clothes and seeing what can go to the charity shop and that kind of thing. And I've really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, she covers all sorts of things in this book. She covers your life, work, home. And she actually has little action plans. And obviously everybody's different and she doesn't claim to have all the answers, but it certainly has been quite an enjoyable read for me. And you don't have to, if you think that you've got one area of that sorted, you just don't have to read that. It's not like, it's not a book where you have to read chapter by chapter, Mm. which I've quite enjoyed. So I can dip in and out of, like I said, how I feel if I'm thinking about doing something at the weekend home life wise I can maybe have a little read of a chapter of that during the week so I've really enjoyed that book yeah 
Wow. Well, maybe we have to share it around. Yeah, or... Sasha's already after borrowing it. <laughs> you know what we're all like here. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you mentioned um, burnout. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, that's a common theme mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, st- struggling to get this work-life balance or in some cases people not considering it at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I've certainly experienced recently burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a case of, you know, and some people would go through this, you know, that they burn out and then they build themselves back up mm-hmm. again to burn themselves out again. And I think it's installing these habits and, you know, the different mindset mm-hmm. to enable that, you know, it doesn't happen. Or maybe the next time it's not so severe. Mm-hmm. Um, how does the council, because Jay works for the council, how does the council look after your mental health, Jay? They've, we've really kind of um, taken it on board, really, mm-hmm. in the last few years. They, they did a really interesting thing a few years ago and they, they sent all of the senior management out and quite not fairly juniorish as well because mm-hmm. I was included um out to do um coaching training mm-hmm. um so so we could kind of empower staff and take a really different mm-hmm. approach to meetings with people and kind of help people find their own solutions which was really nice mm-hmm. um and we've you know in the recent years we've run kind of well-being sessions had a few kind of lunchtime courses and things for staff um we were talking about things like mental first aid which has been kind of um in the media a bit in the last few months where you kind of you know like how you go on a first aid course and you Mm -hmm. so you if something happens you can kind of do the kind of the basics basics and kind of alert the right people so if you think about that in the kind of mental health context that you can kind of spot where there might be signs that someone okay. needs some support so it's about what looking at early signs so that you can rep- like get that person the help they yeah need and also it's... kind of not say the wrong thing like not go mm-hmm. oh are you all right mm-hmm. and kind of Toughen put someone off all of those yeah. Of things, yeah um so it's which is a really nice kind of approach to take Chin um, up. <laughs> yeah it's like a man up it's Chin a kind up, of classic man up, man yeah. up. Yeah. um but you know you can really kind of push someone away by trying to be helpful mm-hmm. so yeah um they, they've really looked at that because you know there's a lot of stresses going on in the world and we talked about it in the previous mm-hmm. kind of one um but it's yeah it's nice they've t- kind of taken that approach that's cool no, it's great when um, employers you know put, put that as something really of high importance mm-hmm. um it shows that they understand the issue and that they value their employees yeah, yeah and it's it's right the way through you know the, the chief at zach and i think that's great because you've looked involved. after and it's funny isn't it whereas i'm my own boss and i don't think i look after myself you should have well. a word with her yeah <laughs> your boss sounds horrible yeah crikey and uh <laughs> as same with steve you know we're, we both we run the own business and we don't take that time sometimes for us i mean we've just been to wales and we had a holiday but they're they're very normal things and it's nice to do those things regardless whereas maybe you need that little bit extra sometimes because well we were talking the other day about um because both our jobs require a lot of reading Mm -hmm. and it's actually like you know making time in the week um or one day a month where you you read up about you know um, new research mm-hmm. um, what's in the, in the news and um, as, as much as 
I, I do think that is addressing the work-life balance because you know we usually only take that time to do it outside mm-hmm. of work um but you know it's taking that time to slow down and actually um yeah get up to speed with other things and that's where the planner and something like that yeah. is just completely vital because i i've i've moved on to being all modern i used to have a diary and a pencil and a rubber and that was it i was and you were like please stop using a pencil in your diary and i was like okay so well, you were using it to track how much money you were coming yeah 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 the, I, it was everything just was in one book but now i'm doing it on my phone i have an online calendar and oh that's just so easy now and i can if you know if the appointment does move i can just whiz it across by my finger and that's very cool um but yeah i'm scheduling in time for reading yeah. for planning all these things are things that you would do if you were employed you get this time with it. well i hope you get this time and you're not you know expect to do it in overtime but you get it in your work day so yeah if you are self-employed do remember that um planning and figures and everything else should be included in your work time because they're important too and that's what makes a business run you might be passionate you might love your job but that's not what keeps a business running it's all of it together you do you have to do all the roles it's hard it's hard and you don't you don't have to be an expert but you can learn it along the way just give yourself the time and don't put too much pressure on yourself but yeah the key is is giving yourself the time because i always think when i have time in my head like, yeah. you're never going to have time so you have to build it in yeah and, you know. and I think that's where the reflection bit in the book's quite nice because mm-hmm. I've done it before I've written something in and I've gone right I'm going to try and do that this week and I mean you flick through the book there's loads of blank pages that <laughs> I should have filled in and there but and then every now and then I kind of sit there and I just have a flick through and I go oh my god it's been like three months and I've done absolutely nothing on that mm-hmm. um so it kind of gives you that chance to and I go, you know, I've let that slip because we all let stuff slide, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yes. kind of, of it's human think, as well. See, being I, th- human, I think I'm a hybrid between the two of you. So you've got um, something written and you've got just on your phone, yeah. Where I've, I'm, a, I'm a halfway house, it's almost like I need to put it somewhere. So I've got a calendar which has you know what, what you want to set out for the month. Um, which is quite good actually because you just think well this month I want to you know or like it might be I'm going on holiday this month or mm-hmm. I want to plan a trip or something so I can actually go back and, and look at the things I wanted to achieve that month yeah. but then at the same time with all like the diary appointments and stuff um, I'm usually on my phone so yeah I need to find, yeah, well, I need to find a, there a is place the, where I'm happy to put everything yeah. slight panic that if you lose all your phone gets stolen that that's everything yeah, <laughs> which is what I liked about the diary before. You're making me feel like I miss my diary. Well, Don't no, make me you panic. Can, no. <laughs> you lose your diary. No, I mean, but you can. Well, with an iPhone, you could just download everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's stored in the cloud. I guess the the other thing that's quite good about having a paper diary, and I, I'm a massive gadget person as well, mm. so a lot of people are quite surprised, but um, it means that I'm not checking my work email like mm. I've, on a Sunday I used to kind of log in and go I'll just check mm-hmm. my diary and then I'll kind of sift through emails and reply to people and stuff and it's kind of stopped that and and also we've we've kind of done this thing at work which a lot of businesses have done where they've they've kind of given everyone a laptop which mm-hmm. is you know it's really great and you can kind of take it with you to meetings and stuff it's it's helpful but 
it means that sometimes we go into meetings and there's there's like 15 people there all with laptops mm-hmm. and they're just not present that is the pet peeve of yeah um, and I found it in every um, company organisation I've worked for I cannot stand it um, or phones yeah and you know what it's saying to the people in the room that that laptop or that phone is more important than the people in the room right now and like you say they're not present and you know it stops the flow of the conversation um but yeah i mean that's another thing that's tied in with the work-life balance is our addiction to technology and addiction to mm. our phones and we've all oh, had yeah. a you know mm. we've all said that we're I, yeah. totally totally less. addicted totally yeah. addicted it's terrible <laughs> but it's kind of, and it's how your brain works as well. I mean, I've learned, I've had, I've done all sorts of different sort of coaching, mentoring, kind of doing all sorts of stuff, um, which has been great. I don't, there's a stigma attached to some stuff. I've, I've had people saying, "Oh, I can't believe you put that in your diary that you were seeing a, a mentor about something," and it was kind of really. I thought it was quite surprising, but um, I've just learned over time how I work best and having a computer in front of me or even writing stuff down i find i i'm i work brilliantly in a meeting where i don't write anything down and then afterwards i i put all my thoughts down and it's taken a while to kind of learn that mm-hmm. and and so and i've even had to explain it to people because i've i've sat there for two hours with them and they've kind of gone aren't you why aren't you writing anything down like and i've just gone no i remember i just my oh, brain okay. if i don't if I'm not Jay, here, earlier on, you just said your short-term memory. <laughs> no, that's my kind of that's my memory of doing things. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but the the actual, you know, I can for some reason I'm quite good at that, yeah. or I can. But it's only if I'm focusing and I'm mm-hmm. properly present yeah. and listening to people. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I'm writing down, sometimes I'm thinking about what I'm writing down rather yeah. than actually kind of being there. Being there yeah. So and and moving away from technology has helped me with mm-hmm. that immensely so my um yeah i've got a strict rule about sundays now i just don't don't uh reply to inquiries or anything i just have to have that little bit of time where i'm not thinking work um my my point that i really want to make is about is about phones um and how they just they're an extension of our arm now and i found recently because i no longer have a work phone i'm my work and um personal life is just absolutely combined to the point that you know you don't you don't switch off from it um so yeah i I think a lot of people struggle with that and um the way that i've dealt with it at the moment is i've switched the notifications off um and whilst i'm um, recovering from my operation and you think i would want to be on my phone more but i'll actually just leave it in other rooms i'm really Mm -hmm. trying just to only pick it up um a handful times a day um but I know that you you know you were mentioning earlier about um, in the previous episode about um, yoga in an hour of not touching your phone, yeah. and I'm you know where where when did we get to that point? Yeah. Um, but I think people have noticed, and like you said, people are starting to change. Mm. I think um, it was a slow thing though. Like I didn't get a phone and was suddenly just like all over it. It's just been suddenly it become it's my work phone and my personal phone so yeah. therefore it i have to have it with me for a certain amount of time of the day and then i just have yeah i mean we just have everything on there now don't we, we so do, we do. but i mean for us our generation where you know yes we had a phone as teenagers but they were your parents crappy hand, hand 
hand-me-down phones, yeah. weren't they? Where now you have kids that are given iPhones from, I don't even know now, eight, nine, ten. Probably earlier than that. Yeah, I'm probably being hopeful though. I'm not around <laughs> kids that much. Um, so they had that that is so much information on their, you know, in their hand yeah. um, that we, it, it may have crept into our lives and we're finding problems with it. But the, you know, for the kids, you know, they've instantly got that. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely, I think, see the, the, um, the impact quicker for them. Yeah, there's a lot about uh, the impact of mental health, isn't there, and social media and especially on teenage girls. Yeah, I think there is, uh, and it's being talked about at the moment. So hopefully, it starts working its way into. Yeah, and I did hear on the news the other day where they're tra- they're going to get companies, which I know this should happen anyway. But I mean, a lot of things companies should look, you know look into before they start you know selling things that they don't. But they're starting to address that very thing about um, targeting um, young people mm-hmm. um, and how that they're going to be fined if they if they keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I you know. I feel positive about that people have one, uh, you know, clearing uh, into it, clear, yeah. clearing into that there is a problem, and and to trying to trying to do something about it. I don't think it's quite mainstream yet, but I think enough people are talking about it. Yeah. Go on then, challenge, challenge me. I think there's something on the. I mean, I think a few phones do this, but on 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 an iPhone, they've just introduced a thing where it notifies you how much you've used it. Yes. Which is. Yeah. quite interesting Jay, you have no idea how you're just leading us into the challenge me this week <laughs> really yeah okay so, so. It, <laughs> shall, we, shall we just jump into challenge me <laughs> me and sasha were having this conversation and i said that my, i've got a samsung and my phone doesn't do that but okay. in the book the an edited life it says you can download an app called um moment yeah and i've so i've downloaded that today I'm going to find out how often I go on my phone and then all three of us are going to have the challenge to try and reduce. So compare it. So let's say a week of not changing your habits at all and then the next week we have to try and reduce it. Okay. So, well... Should we see what it says now? Like well, I'm Sash- only, I've only downloaded you, it today. It's yeah, I mean, obviously you can't, but me and my, Sash can. Mine's going to be quite different because like i said um with this with me being signed off work i'm actively trying not to use my phone so i don't know how i'd get on with the challenge when i'm back at work yeah so we that's need to be what, mindful yeah. of that yeah but that's what i mean you need to or still maybe, maybe we'll see the increase um in in what my work brings into it mm-hmm. um maybe that would be the interesting one yeah, I'm just looking at mine at the moment. Are you so looking at your average per day? I was looking at the last seven day last average. Seven days. What's your average? Um, so it's about saying an hour and twenty five minutes a day. That's really good. Um, which is uh, half an hour entertainment. I'm just looking for a whole week's ten out ten hours. Um, there's like entertainment, productivity, yeah, and a big chunk of social networking. So even this week, um, not using my phone very much, um, I've got an average of uh, an hour and 52 minutes. However, I have been listening to an audiobook on YouTube, so I think it still counts that, which is not <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, you, you have to take it, but I think it would be a good challenge for us yeah. all. Yeah. And, I'd like, and I'm really interested. I'd, like I said, I've only downloaded it, what, what time today? About a few hours ago. Two o'clock today. Yeah. 
and I've already had 17 pickups of my phone and I've been on my phone for 29 minutes and bearing in mind I've had to have it on aeroplane mode whilst we record the podcast (laughs) so I would say it's going to be pretty bad it's quite uh, even looking at it though I mean I've just looked at this and it's you know 65 notifications on average a day Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a lot of your attention being taken away from the real world. I bet I don't get that many notifications. It's just a habit, you know? Like, I'm just sat there, I'm like, oh, has anything happened? No, nothing's happened. Yeah. Has anything happened? No, nothing's happened. It's annoying. It is, yeah. <laughs> I want to stop and, doing it. And that's the reason why I turn off my notifications, because um, it's that, that changing your relationship with your phone, because it, if it's pinging and it's lit up, it, it grabs your attention, where if you decide to pick up your phone and look at your apps, like then you're making that active decision. But what I found is that I'm still looking at WhatsApp yeah. quite a bit and it really irritates me. Yeah. So I'm really trying to <laughs> save it for a couple of times a day yeah. because, you know, people don't need to contact me instantly. Like, yeah. what, 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 you know, that, that didn't happen a few years ago. Yeah. Like, if it took a few hours, no, you know, no problem. Half a day, whatever. Yeah. In, the, in the book, she says, you'll be, you know, it's a big... Um, a reality check you know like it's not so good for the ego because you realize that actually you go back after a couple of hours of not looking at your phone and nothing's happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what i mean like that yeah. you know and that's kind of a bit like yeah you're right you know nothing and 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 generally we all have it there and we all go oh it's in case of emergencies but really you know yeah. you could go out for a whole day without your phone and it would nothing would bad would happen remember you found us in wales didn't you when yeah, we, we found you on a mountain. He found us pretty much. It's not quite a mountain, but near enough a mountain. Um, yeah. our, our, both mine and Steve's battery had gone, and we were like, they're never going to find us. And there we saw their little white van pinging along. <laughs> I was it like, they can't, they saw us. <laughs> life, life continues without us. Yeah. It does. So, so that means, yeah, all three of us challenge me. So, um, what, so what are the specifics on this? So, so we have to look at how much we use our phone in the first week because we need to be mindful that Corinne hasn't got a tracker on her phone. Yeah, but yeah. she just got needs to get the data. Yeah. And then the next then next week, mm-hmm. um, we try and reduce it. Yeah. Are there but certain like, bits of it, like less social media, less pickups? Um, I think maybe let's just... Yeah, there's, like, I don't even know what mine tracker is. So new, I've not even yeah. looked at it. Because yeah, I've tried some sure. things. I think, yeah, I think for me, I would like less pickups. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've tried some things already because I, I had a smartwatch. Well, I have got a smartwatch, which um, is really helpful to sync to my phone when I'm on my bike and mm-hmm. I'm doing stuff. But um, it And it has enabled me to turn the ringer off on my phone. So my phone's just silent all the time, which I quite like because it's not annoying. But you get your notifications But then you get the notifications wrist. and stuff. And then so I've... So I've then gone in and turned loads off. Mm-hmm. So only certain things. So could you take your is... watch off when you get home in the evenings? Is that something that you could do? Yeah, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. you know, fine thing to do. Or, uh, you know, you can go in and you can change it so it won't notify during certain hours. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, a bit like, um, you know, sleep time. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a bit of a range on this. You can do, do, all sorts do you of know, things. adapt it to how it will seriously fit in with your life because obviously we do work and all those types of things. But it will be good to come back and and be able to tell people if it's ma- if we feel more positive after having a break from it and or a decent break at least in the evenings or maybe on a sunday i'm thinking about leaving my phone at home on a sunday yeah yeah i mean i, I tried i had maybe a month and a half ago i i decided to intervene on my phone usage mm-hmm. and um i moved the charger into the spare room mm-hmm. so 
you know, everyone puts their phone on charge at night, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I just put my phone in the in the office and put mm-hmm. it on charge, and I had a bit of a laugh because about a week ago, Nat like Facebook messaged me this GIF and or this image, and it was a picture of a bloke sat on the edge of a bed on his phone with a kind of scantily clad wife, on the stood in the doorway kind <laughs> of thing, and it sort of said, "Oh, you know, you're on your phone so much you don't kind of realise what's going on," kind yeah. of thing. And then I pointed out that I've had my phone in the office for the last month and a half and she's got two phones and <laughs> she, spends she a lot that. of time on the phone, um, you know, with her business and doing mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. And, um, yeah, it was quite funny. I think, was... I think most people have an addiction to their phone, whether it be mild or severe. Yeah. I think most people, have to, it, you know... They do so much. They are glued to our hands. So yeah. feel free to join us, join in on this challenge and let us know how you got on. You know, it'd be really good to do it. The more of us, the better, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, like you said, something that everyone can relate to and everyone has a phone, so... Or at least when you go out to dinner with a friend. Oh, maybe okay. Maybe leave well, it in your bag or in your pocket. I yeah. must say, like, the people that I hang around with are pretty good. good. We don't. We don't have the... I think I've even been guilty of it before, but it's something that is we could all do with doing better at. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, another episode in the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Another episode done, and um, you can we put the links um, to the mindfulness diary and the an edited life um, on our on our website and our social media, so you can check those out. Um, And yes, and. And the app as well. So uh, people, you know, if you haven't got a fruit-based device, <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can, you know, try it out as well. And some of the little tips and things that we've tried as well to, mm-hmm. to do. Okay, great. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks Thank for um, Thank Matthew and um, the yoga instructor that I've forgotten her name. Lauren. Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> um, for kind of doing part one and part, and part two. two yeah this is that's it on mindfulness our expertise were very very tiny on this episode but i hope that you find something helpful out of the two episodes and that you can maybe implement some small changes and start editing your life yeah i feel <laughs> like i feel like we've been quite chilled in even recording this <laughs> yeah so hopefully you're not asleep yeah <laughs> Uh, and back to more uh, eco-positive news in the next one, I, I imagine. Yeah, well, we've got quite a few interviews lined up, mm. so um, I'm really looking forward to the Forest Schools one. Oh, yeah. Because we've had it for yeah. a couple of months, and it was a really nice interview. So Loved on. I'm looking forward to that one coming out, <laughs> um, and hopefully a few more in the next next few weeks. Yes, yep. Especially now we've got Sasha on Skype. There's no escaping. <laughs>
can you play Creep by Radiohead as it's one of their favourites? If dogs can like songs, this is what they listen to.